Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, brother? Brother! So happy, happy July 6th. You made it through the weekend. Well, technically, this is still my weekend. Oh, did you, did you have uh, Friday and, and uh, actually, what did you end up doing for the, for the fourth? The, the old 96er. Oh, you guys didn't have anything. You, you didn't, you guys weren't playing anywhere. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I mean, there was a plan to, but everything got canceled. Right. You know, and, and really, um, I'm not playing with the band. Like, this was a planned hiatus just with the right. I'm on Baby Watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sure. Not to mention the fact that, um, you know, yeah, I just don't want to risk anything. No, but, obviously, obviously. But no, we... Uh, We had a bunch of, um, uh, you know, we we had hamburgers and hot dogs. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you did some of the traditional stuff. Yeah, and then meatloaf for dinner. Hey, all right. You know, I love a good meatloaf. I know, I know oh. that's, that's, I don't know, maybe that's not a popular thing for some people, but I really do enjoy it. I actually make a pretty mean meatloaf myself. My mother's old recipe. Yeah. Uh, do, how do you? So this is interesting because you know my wife makes my mother's recipe. Yeah. But what do you do? Like, what what does that mean from someone from Maine versus someone from Texas? Well, I think that's I. I can only imagine it's got to be something that's a little different, no matter where you go. Um, for me, because I think probably what you have as a recipe. Because my mother, my mother was originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, so I can imagine that possibly maybe the way she did it and the way that I learned how to do it is maybe more of a, a Pennsylvania kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's, you know, obviously, uh, well, it's what the three, the three meats that are included in it, beef, veal, and pork. Okay. Um, and then obviously, like you put an egg and you have breadcrumbs to sort of uh, bind it. Um, yeah, the seasoning yeah. is the se- I I don't really put a lot of vegetables in mine. Uh, okay, my, yeah, my, we my, do. We do that. The cute, not the uh, uh, what's it called? I mean, there's some onions, even though my wife knows that I hate onions. Uh, and then uh, yeah, uh, celery. Yeah, see, that's when my mother used to do the same thing. My mother would do. My mother would do celery um with maybe some green pepper and onion mixed in um put it in the pan uh cover the cover the loaf with bacon um and then i don't think it was right away um but at some point in the cooking process you pour tomato sauce over the top of it okay and you know this is always a discussion like, I think more times than not, my mom 
would use like ketchup sometimes yes. or she would do tomato paste sauce yep. whatever yeah um you know uh my mother actually there was another recipe that she that she had and I've done it myself um but it making um homemade sloppy joes mm. and that was super easy and that's one of the things I love about it i mean all all she would do is buy a couple cans of corned beef um, and like you put it in a, in a frying pan and you cook up the corned beef and, uh, you just squirt ketchup in it and some onions and peppers. And there you go. Sloppy hmm. Joe. Yeah. Super, we were super easy. We've always bought just the man, which. Yeah. And I like that stuff too. I mean, it, that's obviously that's super easy as well. Cause you just throw a can of it in with some hamburger, you know? Um, we haven't had, I, I really enjoy it. I don't think Jennifer really has a thing with Manwich, and I've mentioned at the store before about buying it and she always seems to be like, eh, I don't know. Um, do you think that there's, there's songs that people think of? Like when I think of meatloaf, I'm always going to wedding crashes like, ah, the meatloaf or like lunch lady land. Lunch Lady you know, Land. What are you talking about? <laughs> from from Saturday Night Live. And they oh, talk okay. about They talk about like Sloppy Joes or Adam Sandler's song, Sloppy Joes. Sloppy, right, right. Sloppy Joes. Mm-hmm. I bet you, I, you should ask her. I bet you that's in the back of her head anytime you say Sloppy Joes. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I don't know. The other thing, and, and this is something that my father used to do, and I got into doing it too was when you had the sloppy joes, you do it up the way I was describing. And when you serve it, you always put uh, coleslaw on top. Oh, so, okay, here we go. Yeah. What kind, what, what are we considering coleslaw? Like with like mayonnaise in it or not? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not, not like, not the, uh, the vinegar based, you know what I mean? Uh, see, that's I love the vinegar base. I mean, I did. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I I really like. I mean, I still think that some of the best coleslaw out there is from freaking KFC, man. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's honestly, it's really. We actually do a thing. Um, I see the vinegar, the, the mayonnaise coleslaw stuff, especially yeah. when it comes from different places or whatever. Right. And and I just think salmonella. Ah! <laughs> like, how long has that been sitting right. out there? You right. Know no, I, mean? I know. Like, okay. It's like when you go to the picnic or you go to a cookout and there's like potato salad. You know? So what what kind of potato salad do you like? This isn't like uh I'm not super picky about it. Um you know, I I think that if I if I had my choice it would be with red skin potatoes. Um cuz you know, I'm from the south. So yeah. we do the mustard yeah, I would, uh, I would, and I don't mind that either. I think that's, I think, I mean, I, I mean, yellow mustard. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, I know people try to get like I've I've seen German style, right? And they use like the mustard that still has the like seed. Yeah, it's you almost like I mean? it's almost like uh, like brown mustard. Yeah, and it's super, it's super, um, it's chunky. It's not yeah. mashed. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I mean, and like I say, I think that they're both good. I think I don't think Jennifer. Like when when we have potato salad, I don't think she puts mustard in it. It's just, you know, it's just mayonnaise, whatever. Um, so I I sent you a picture 
We have a mutual. Oh, I know. Friend. That's... <laughs> we have a mutual friend. Speaking of foods, we have yes. a mutual friend that has an instant gag reflex just at the sight yes. of mayonnaise. Yep. And <laughs> and you know, over the weekend, uh, they had the hot dog uh, eating competition. Oh yeah. And they also had a, like so for some reason, it popped up in my wife's speech. She's like, "Look at this!" And it was this lady who ate. Like who broke the world record for eating mayonnaise? So disgusting! My God! <laughs> I'm like, I know, uh, and I, and so I, I was like, oh, send that to me. I'm gonna screenshot it, and then that's when I sent it to you. He's like, should I send it to this guy? Did you send it good. to him? No, uh, no. Oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna send it to him and just see what happens. Oh and, my uh, God! Oh, because I remember I've heard a story where someone was fake eating mayonnaise. It was Fluffernutter. Oh yeah, yeah. And and they were just eating, you know, the the marshmallow stuff. And he sure. walked in and was like, Whoa! <laughs> yeah, because he, he thought it was mayonnaise. Yeah, dude, that is uh, too funny, do, man. Do you have any foods like that? Oh God, you know, actually, you want to know something? Jennifer and I have talked about this for years. You know, one food that somehow, and I haven't given it an honest chance. Well, okay. I don't like Indian food. I'm not okay. a fan of Indian food. And I'm I don't not know, judging. I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and some people really enjoy it. I always feel like when I get around Indian food, but, it smells like dirty feet or something. And I'm but just, I, I will say, I will say this, this isn't liking about liking. No, 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 no. no. But, that's, like, but that's what I'm saying is that I think that the, if I had a type of food that makes me kind of gag, and I don't think I've given it a real honest chance since I've been an adult but pea soup dude my mother used to make pea soup and all of us kids were like pea green soup (laughs) and she'd always do it the day after she had made ham because she had a big old and then you put the ham in there oh dude the flavoring Um, You, you you put the ham bone in there and like I say me, I don't think I've really because I, I can almost guarantee you that if I actually was given a bowl of pea soup at the age of 46, I'd probably think it was absolutely delicious. But just the thought of it is like, ah, oh. is it because of the exorcist? No, I don't think it was because it was because it was one of those foods that and 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 like I say, Jennifer is in the same position. It was like this. This was that food that your parents made. And they knew you hated it, but they were going to make it anyway. And, like, they were going to make you sit there at the table until you finished it. Oh, yeah. No, it, uh, and, and I have those. We have those. Like, I, I, we, we, we recently revisited the beef stroganoff standoff of 2007. <laughs> okay. No, no, it was, it was, I'm sorry. It was 2011 with right. Joaquin. And I'm like, nope, you ain't leaving this table till you're finishing that, you know. And he had food, yeah. And he had food in his mouth, and he we were there so long he fell asleep. (laughs) He fell asleep at the table, dude. You know it's funny that you say that because I do have a picture. (laughs) I I do have a picture around somewhere. I don't know where it is. I haven't seen it in years, but it's a picture of of my son of Ian, and he's probably about three years old. Um. 
he's like three years old and we were living in this apartment in Portland and he was eating something and he ended up falling asleep at the table. Yeah, the they're, getting, they're getting the, they're getting the carb cova. Uh-huh. He's like yeah. a, this mouthful of food. His <clears throat> mouth's just hanging open. His head's just laid back. He's just out cold. Like, dude, how tired are you that you fall asleep in mid-chew? <laughs> chewing your food and you fall asleep. Or uh, drunk. Yeah, I right. Mean, not, not that kid, but, no. but yeah. So I don't think... I mean, you know, of all the places that I've been and, you know, I, I'm not scared uh-huh. of trying things. Right. Um, I mean, I've, I've, when I was in Thailand, we, we, uh, they would fried. You, would, you, would you have bat soup or something? No, they, they fried, yeah. They fried bugs, insects in peanut oil. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I've seen you that know, before. And then, and then it's, pe- it just tastes like peanut oil. So you're fine, but. Um, it's really crunchy and then, you know, digging out a, a leg a little bit later uh, on, right? And, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the night it's like, Oh, what is that? Oh, oh it's, a, it's a leg. But, but I think the worst thing, and, and it, it came because they tricked me, my fellow bandmates tricked me. And I don't think, I think that if I would have known what I was getting into before mentally, right. I could have prepped, yeah. but because and and just i can imagine just the scene i wish someone had been recording it oh, but dude. we were we we're in chile and we were at a churrasco place like all these they bring out all these meats right and my my buddy luis knew exactly what he was doing he was like oh yeah man this is sausage i'm like oh, okay no. sweet yeah and i'm like i felt it it was like oh it's cold he's like yeah that's the way they they you know served here like that Dude, oh, man. I picked up one of those sausages, and I was I I wasn't nothing happened when I stuck the fork in it, but when I took a bite, <laughs> all the blood uh, just went in like all my face. <laughs> it was blood sausage, and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, man, they were dying laughing. I oh, I like, bet. I, I look like you know interview with the vampire he's just like sure. i was like oh my god is this what is this is this, it's not cooked like what's going on like they fucking like they and and they were trying to calm me down because i had blood because you were all freaking. over my face yeah yep because you're freaking out and, dude that's that's quite cool. honestly when i did that the first thing i did i was like is it is my tongue bleeding <laughs> right right did i hurt myself I hurt myself. Dude, the funny thing is, you know, it's, you know, we, like you talk about being in Thailand and like eating bugs on a stick or whatever, and, you know, and there's things like that, that we find are obviously, at least for, you know, Western folks. So that, you know, these certain foods that you see and it's like, Ooh, oh my God, I, how could people eat these, you know, whatever. But then it's like, I mean, dude, I think about it every time I have lobster. I think about it every time, dude. Like I get that thing and it's wiggling around and I throw it in the pot, you know, and you put it on the, you put it on the, the plate. You get and... the stethoscope so you can hear it scream. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the point is, is it's a bug, man. It's a big giant aquatic bug. Think about it. 
it is the same exact thing that a bug has. It has. I mean, that's a crawfish called mud bug. Exactly, it's a mud bug. It's a freaking. It's got this exoskeleton. It's a bottom feeder. Yes, exactly. You know, which is like if you're if you if you if you're kosher, you can't eat it. You know, because it's it eats trash. But the crazy thing is that we consider this this delicacy. I mean, and what's funny about that is that you know there was a time. There was a time within the past hundred years or so where lobster was not considered to be a delicacy. I mean, lobster hmm. would lobster was considered to be poor people's food because there were so many of them. There were so many of them. I mean, I've actually heard stories about uh, I've actually heard stories about people who worked um in Portland here in Maine and say that they were like a servant of some kind, you know, they like worked for a household or whatever. And obviously as they do today, in many situations like that, the, the people receive room and board, you know, you work for the house, the home, the, the home, you know, the homeowner, the head of the household provides you with a place to stay. You know, you have like your own quarters and that type of thing. And, you know, like I say, back then, lobsters were considered poor people food. So you would have a lot of these contracts that people would sign with their with their uh, their employers, the head of the household. And in the contract, it would say something like, you know, that, that you won't serve me lobster more than twice a week. Because I'm not going to just eat because if they could, they just feed you lobster every day because it was so cheap. And it was like, oh, I'm not eating lobster. It's a bottom feeder. It's garbage food. Meanwhile, um, people like, yeah, please do that. Well, that's the thing. Is it? It's just interesting how how norms change. You know, the way people see things changes. Now it's like, oh, lobster. Because I'm sure that when these people were eating it, they were probably thinking like, Ugh, God, I'm sick of eating all this lobster. Now it's like, you know, I mean, did we Fourth of July? We went out. We, uh, we went up to the mountains, and uh, went up to Rangeley, dude. We went and had dinner at this place, Bald Mountain Resort, um, lobster mac and cheese, yo. Oh my god! Oh yes. my lord, dude! It was yep. redonkulous. I'm uh, right there with you. Yeah, man. I mean, there were actually really cool area up there. I mean, I've been up there before. Um, and my my sister-in-law and, and her husband Scott, they've got a uh, cabin up there. Um and it's dude, I mean, it's such a cool area. Um obviously the the gist and the drive of of everything that's up there is really about tourism. You know, it's people who go up there on vacation or people who own you know, had a lake house or something like that. Dude, as it as it usually is in those types of places some of the homes that you see along the lakeside as, cause we went out he's got a, uh, what is it? A Corsica. It's a, um, little lake boat, you know, power boat. Dude, some of these houses, they're just, it's insane. I can't even imagine how much these things are worth because uh, he's telling me, Scott's telling me that, that it, it's actually pretty expensive to live up there. Apparently the property taxes, if you actually have a waterfront place, man, the, the property taxes are absolutely stupid. Oh, yeah. You, you know, know, like, 
I have I, I know a lot of people that, you know, when I lived in Chicago, um, there's Cook County and Lake County. Cook yeah. County is like, you know, downtown Chicago area. And then there's the line is Lake County, Lake County taxes, even for a house that's like a three hundred thousand dollar house. Right. The taxes for the year is anywhere between ten and twelve thousand dollars. That is obscene. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Oh my lord, dude! I had a I had a friend um, do a renovation, right? Uh-huh. He he already had a nice house, but did a renovation, and you know he was like, I, I was like, dude, this is amazing! Like you did a great job. He's like, yeah, we really enjoy it, but you know the sad thing is, is that when they do the assessment, oh, because yeah. I I upgraded it so much, yeah. I might have to sell the house. Because I can't afford the taxes. That's just crazy, dude. I mean, I know that they're tough here, um, especially in the Brunswick area here. The taxes are, they're just stupid. Um, That's one of the reasons why I was really, I've been very, very interested in uh, trying to find a property in the next town over in Harpswell. Because Harpswell is considered like a a tax haven. Um, And the entire Cumberland County uh, Harpswell has the lowest taxes of, of lowest property taxes of any municipality in the county. Um, and then you right next door, you cross that town line, dude, and you find yourself in Brunswick. Look out. I mean, and it's, it's crazy to me. We were talking about it this weekend. You know, it's, it's crazy to me. It's like, I get that, you know, I get that you need new schools and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, I mean, this next town over where my brother lives over in Topsom, the, the high school over there, uh, Mount Ararat is the high school and they were tearing down the, they were tearing down the high school this week. They, you know, they're building this, this new high school. Dude, the old high school was built in 1973. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're, they're claiming that somehow there's structural stuff that they can't, you know, do renovations or, you know, refurbish the place. I'm like, are you kidding me? Dude, it's 1973. That wasn't that freaking long ago. I mean, my high school was torn down years ago. I think probably 86 something or or 96, something like that. They tore down my high school. Um, And in a sense, I mean, it was sad to see it go. But the old original part of that school was built in like 1936. I mean, it was old. Um, Yeah, that's that's a good lifespan. You know what I mean? Exactly. When, you know, eight months out of the year, nine months out of the year, you know, it's there's people going in and out of it constantly. Sure. So yeah, that, you know, the plumbing alone oh, God. and the electricity alone, yeah. that's the biggest things. Right. And, and like my high school is the original, like the original high school and the original structure still uh, there, but like, they just made renovations. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Not, not and, tear it down. Well, and like, see, that was the thing is that there was a huge debate in this town way back I was I was in high school and there was a huge debate about whether or not they were going to build a new high school or they were simply going to renovate the old one. And, you know, there's people hold on to things, you know, people have sentimental attachments um, to stuff. I mean, it's, it's your school. It's a part, well, part of your life, you know. Case in point, man, um, I was fortunate enough to go to the last football game to happen at Texas Stadium. Oh, cool. Against the Ravens. 
And dude, like, you know, it was a bittersweet moment. Sure. Um, but then I, I haven't gone to a football game yet, but I have gone to uh, like two soccer matches and a boxing. And the first time that I walked into the new Dallas Cowboys stadium, yeah. like it was that scene in Rudy where the dad finally gets to see like, you know, uh, Notre Dame at, at home. And he's right. like, this is the greatest Thing that these, <laughs> these two eyes have seen in my entire life. You know? Right, right. And dude, I got all like choked up. I'm like, holy shit. And, and yeah. even even when you walk into that and you see that big ass fucking screen, yeah, it's it's like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is this is real. It's yeah. real, dude. I want to see. I want to see what the inside of that new freaking stadium out in uh, Vegas is going. Oh, like. dude, it they. So, see, that's the thing is, like, because we have the star and they call it, like, Jerry's World and they call it the Death Star. But, dude, the Vegas one, that is the Death Star. Oh, it is. It is. Dude, that big old black structure. You see it from the outside. Like, it doesn't even look like a stadium. It's like, what the hell is it? That You know what you say? Someone's got to make, make a meme, like, that's no moon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We got to move to that small moon. That's no moon. No, it's like I mean, it really does. It, it's almost like the 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 stadium that they built up in Minnesota. I oh, mean, dude, thing, all of them are starting to. Yeah, you know, they, it looks like a freaking UFO or something. The, you know the, what I'm saying? The baseball team, the Texas Rangers, like they they built a stadium in the '90s, right? right? In the '90s, and now they're opening up a brand new stadium. That's crazy. Like this year. I don't get that. Well, I, no, you know what it is? Because I've been to many a day game uh, at that stadium. Yeah. And, dude, when it's 100 degrees outside and then the heat index is like 115, 120. Yeah. Like, it's it's just not even bearable. You know what right, I mean? Like, sure. And so now they've built a stadium that has a retractable roof. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I just it's it's amazing to me that I mean you could build a stadium 30 years ago and nobody could foresee this. I mean these things weren't I mean and I will I will tell you the honest truth, man. It's like again, you're talking you talk about the Minnesota Vikings. The fact that they actually built an indoor stadium yeah, because they were smart. Like, yeah, it snows here all the fucking time. Well, that was the <laughs> thing though. I mean, cuz I I look at them and I'm thinking like Dude, you pl- you're part of the NFC North. All the teams that are in your division are northern teams. They're all, I mean, like Green Bay. Dude, it'll be a cold day in hell when Green Bay ends up with a dome stadium. It's never going to happen. Because they can use the conditions at Green Bay to their advantage. It's the same thing the Patriots have done it for years. The Ice Bowl. Yes. The Packers absolutely. versus the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. And then but Lombardi. Now, right. You know, but then you got you got Minnesota, and it's like okay, you because when they were building that new stadium, you remember where they were playing. They were playing outdoors at University of Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was well, like, dude, look at I mean, look at the snow, look at the conditions. Use this to your advantage. Yes, but but on the other hand, no, I know. I if, mean, if you don't have an indoor stadium then you were automatically disqualifying yourself from having hosting a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, th- I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, I just, I think that it's one of those things. I know, I mean, and I, as a, as a Pats fan, I mean, 
all I can say is that it's, you know, for, for, for the fans, for fans of teams that play in the northern climes of the country, you know, it's, it's almost a point of pride. Well, I don't, you know, and I've, I've been in Buffalo during the football season where, oh, yeah. um, you know, they're like, they, they need volunteers to help get the snow out of the seats. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, and there there have been years, you know, there have been games in the past with, you know, down in Foxborough, it's the same thing. You know, people show up to the stadium and you've got to dig your seat out because it's, you know, there was a three-foot snowfall or something the night before. It's just crazy. All I know, so, if, I, if I own season tickets, I'd be like, fuck you, I pay enough. You, this is what I pay for. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah. And that's that's the thing, too, where all these, like, you know, trying to get season tickets – you know, like, okay, well, you have to buy the license, and then you pay for the tickets. Right. And yeah. the, the license, you know, you can buy yearly or five years, ten years, yeah. however long you want, you know, depending on how much money you have. But it's like, yeah, they fuck you on that, too. Well, yeah, it's it's crazy because they, um, you know, you, you go to football stadiums, you know, the, the the one stadium that I actually had the opportunity to really walk around uh, was MetLife out in East Rutherford. And it's pretty amazing what they actually do with that stadium because obviously it, it's the home field for both the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. The fact that they're able to transform that stadium every week from, you know, the, the seats are gray, but they can completely change the entire look of the stadium with its color scheme uh, to reflect who's actually playing at home that weekend. Um, And I had, I was there for like a marching band competition and I got to walk up to like where the, you know, not the owners, you know, these are like the, the box seats. Yeah. Way, way up, you know, where you go and like, I mean, you, you walk into this suite and like they have food there and you've got a couch and they've got like, you know, five or six TVs on the wall that you can watch all these different things. And then if you want to actually go outside, you open these doors. It's all that's all glass that looks down at the field. And if you want to actually sit outside, you have to open the doors and you walk out and it's got its own set of seats that are right out there that are completely marked. I mean. I'm looking at this suite, man, and I'm looking at these seats. The whole inside area there is like, you know, they've got bars and they've got these little bistro, you know, areas and a little pizzeria place here. And like, I'm like, God dang, dude, you know how much money people have got to be dropping to be able to enjoy that experience at a professional football game. But you know what? Personally, and, and I've, I've seen football games, NASCAR uh, baseball games in those suites, right? Yeah. And it's a, it, it completely takes, in my opinion, it takes away from the experience and the fandom. Sure. You know what I mean? It's absolutely, it's, it's nothing but, a just a status thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Is is it cool? It inconvenient. Because well, yeah, of course. it's it's super cool that, you know, you don't have to wait in line to go to the bathroom. It's right. super cool that, you know, you have 
food and drink at your beck and call. Yeah. Okay. But then when you're actually watching the game, unless you're watching it with people who you are, you know, you have invited to like, yeah, let's really get into this. Then you're missing out in my sure. opinion on the entire experience of like, you know, well, I think the thing is, is that I would probably be willing to bet that the vast majority of those, those, you know, box seats like that, you know, are not even owned by people. You know, that those. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's a lot of the times, yeah, a lot of the times that, that I've been to them is because of, you know, the company my dad uh, works right. for, whatever, you know what I mean? Or, or, that they had or family members. Right. Right. And it's just the way, yeah, I get it. But a, a lot of times, if it's not like a, a, a good team or we know it's right. going to be a blowout, those are empty. Yeah. Sure. And I mean, I think that it's just interesting because I remember years ago when I was living outside of D.C. and my buddy Danny, his his wife, Emily, worked for a, a patent law firm. They would do like patent law. And um, the law firm had seasons tickets. They had seasons tickets to like, you know, to go see the what is it? The mat is it the wizards? Yeah, you know, or the Capitals. What and if and if they didn't have clients in town, you know, if they didn't have clients in town for something, you know, because that's what they would do. They would, you know, that's what they would do. They would get the tickets, and if they had clients in town, be like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? You know, you guys want to go see a hockey game or go see some basketball?" And they'd give them the tickets, and here's this little perk, you know. So we, if they didn't have clients, I mean, dude, Emily would like call Danny up at work and be like. You guys want to go like see a hockey game or something? Of course we go. Uh, I mean, Danny's originally from New Hampshire, uh, so we're like, yeah. I mean, I'm not even a big Capitals fan, you know. I mean, uh, they're fine, but I mean, dude, it was about going to see the game. But when we would go, we're sitting there in these seats, dude. Nobody around us is watching the game. Nobody's paying attention. I mean, these are seats that are. You know, right in your center ice back, maybe like, I don't know, 30, 35 rows. I mean, these are mint seats, dude. And nobody around us is actually watching the game. They're all just like shooting the shit. This is like a social thing for them. Um, although it was pretty cool. I do have to say um, it was pretty cool that I, we actually got to go. We got tickets to go see the Wizards and, I, and it was when uh, Jordan was playing for them. So I actually got the opportunity to see Michael Jordan play before he retired, which was pretty oh. cool. But and, live, and, live basketball is weird. It's it, those dudes. I'll tell you right now. You ever been to a live, like live, a professional NBA game? That's that's what I was going to bring up. Joaquin and I won tickets through the USO to be courtside. Yep. And we had all access. Like you know, we're VIPs, right? Sure. And when you see those dudes, yeah, it's like, where do they grow these humans? <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Where do they grow people like and, you? And, you know, the funny – here's the funny thing. And I think I, if I have – if I find I, – I don't know if I took a picture or not for scale, for scale. Yeah. But, you know, all the, all the arenas we played at were basketball arenas, right? Except, right. yeah, all of them. So then, you know – as in previous episodes, I talked about it. Like you get put into locker rooms, right? Well, guess what? 
the locker rooms are basketball sized people locker rooms. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. To in, to include the toilets are lifted and the urinals are lifted. Yeah. To accommodate men that are, are like, seven feet tall. That's right. <laughs> and you know, I remember Rich, the the drummer that went with us on tour. You know, he's he's like five nine. I'll give him five nine. Okay. So you have a you have a five nine dude trying to take a piss in a urinal, right? That's, that's... four feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's a funny picture. It's a it's a spittoon. <laughs> it's a spittoon. I I've never like you know or you know the 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 toilets you sit down on them and your feet are dangling. Right. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yep. No, no, you feel like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It really is nuts. I mean, I, I remember going and seeing that game and just, oh my god, I'm looking at these dudes. I'm like, they're huge, yeah, huge. We we did a a a, a ball, a navy ball in um, Minneapolis, and we were at, we stayed right across the street from the Mall of America. Oh, okay. And it was in October, so basketball season's going on. And guess who was staying? Dude, the Chicago Bulls were staying in our hotel. Oh really? And I open my door, and there's uh, uh, Joaquin Noah. And oh yeah, yeah. He's walking, you know, because he's like seven feet tall, like in the hallway, like with his head like lurched over. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous. I was, I remember, God, this was a number of years ago. This is back maybe 2011, 2012, something like that. Um, Freaking. This was when uh, Shaq was playing for the Celtics. You remember that? Yes. Shaquille O'Neal was playing for the Celtics, and they had this other dude. Um, Kevin Garnett? Was, no, 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 no. They had this other guy. It was uh, Robinson, Nate Robinson. Oh, Big Baby. Uh, I think that's Big Baby Nate Robinson, maybe. Uh, uh, dude, it was hilarious. because, like, I remember seeing – I was watching, like, uh, uh, it was, like, ESPN or something like that, right? And it was them at practice and Nate Robinson decided to steal Shaq's shoes and put them on and run around the basketball court. And it was just ridiculous, dude. I mean, Nate Robinson was like a smaller dude, you know? Yeah. And And Shaq had like size 18 shoes. Yes, these huge shoes. And he's like running around with these ginormous shoes on his feet, you know? I'm like, good. Look, like Shaquille O'Neal is just a beast, dude. He's ridiculous. I mean, I freaking factoed him. Factoed him. I want to find out. Shaquille O'Neal. Um, he's got to have. What are his? What are his? Uh, his stats. Well, they got to be. Oh, seven foot, dude. Check this out. And this is like. This is a basketball player, okay? This is a basketball player. He is seven feet, one inch tall, and weighs 325 pounds. I would think that that's proportional. Oh, absolutely. But I'm like, dude, that sounds like the numbers for, like, a defensive end. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's like, that's, those are the numbers for, like, a lineman in football. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um. And, and could you imagine are... if you were seven, like Manute Bull, who was oh God, seven yeah. feet tall, and yep. but only like you know two twenty? <laughs> he was just, 
He was just legs and arms. It, yeah. It's you like, know? It's like Shaq was like, Ugh! uh-huh. Hulk just crazy, him. man. Just crazy. I mean, you, no, you watch, you watch, some... you watch the NFL, man. Like, look at those dudes. You see oh, some Gronkowski. Of those... oh, oh my lord! Yeah, yep. I, it's just any of those guys. It's it's like, and and it's it's not it's not so much the the size as it is the speed at which someone that size can move. Yes. Well, I mean, and, and it's it's this well, the guy like Gronkowski. Is he six was, seven, six eight? You know, he's got he's got to be. But I mean, it's it's you know, the thing that the thing that impressed me so much about him was because he was never a real fast guy. Um, you know, I remember I remember uh, Bill Parcells. I think it was Bill Parcells was like. I remember him talking one time. They were lo- watching this film of, of the Patriots and Gronkowski's running down the field. And, and Parcells is like, Rob Gronkowski runs down the field like he's got a piano on his back. And that's exactly what he looks like. I mean, he's just <laughs> lumbering. He's lumbering down the field. But the thing that always impressed me about him was his strength. Because he'd be lumbering down the field with like four dudes hanging off of him. It was just ridiculous, like superhuman strength. Um but yeah, I mean, some of those, like I say, some of those dudes. Um, let me see, Gronk. Derek, Derek Henry, right? Der- yes, as a running back, who he's six. Is he six fours? I want to say he's either six four or six six. He's yeah. he's a beast too, man. He's the size of the tight end, but he's the running back. Yes. If I'm a defensive back, I'm like linebackers. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. And some, you, of, those, you, and some yeah. of those linebackers are like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, but dude, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, Gronkowski, no. Gronkowski is 6'6". Six 6'6", foot six. Six foot six, weighs 268 pounds. What about Derrick Henry? Because that, that dude is a fucking monster. No, he is. And, and you know, I remember back in the day when the Nigerian night train, Christian Okoye would be like... Yeah, <laughs> the Nigerian night train. Like, everyone was scared of that dude running, yeah. you know, north and south. And he was smaller than Derrick Henry. Well, let me see. Derrick Henry, six foot three. Okay. Six foot three, 247. Oh. Yep. That, that can run to 40 in, like, four, yeah. oh, four yeah. five. Well, that's like, what's his name? <laughs> the uh, uh, Beast Mode. What's his name? Oh, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, let me see. Marshawn, I want to see what his stats are because he is ridiculous as well. He's actually much smaller. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. He's five eleven. Five eleven. He's more of a cannonball. Yeah, five eleven, two fifteen. Dude, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is because, but that that run from years ago where Marshawn Lynch freaking ran that touchdown and i don't even remember it was a playoff game or it was yeah it was i think it was either a playoff game or a game to get into the playoffs you remember the run i'm talking about oh yeah dude he's he, he got mad like boom boom yes boom. <laughs> these freaking dudes come running up to him and he just you know he like grabs this dude and just pushes him away oh so last he's, one 
Oh how, my lord! How, how how big was um, Barry Sanders? I think he was like five eight, five nine. Uh, probably. I know. I don't think he was that big. Sanders. Barry. He really gets off on Barry. Barry. Uh, five eight. Yeah. So five so, eight, two hundred pounds. So long, because I know Emmett Smith was under six or six feet tall. Yeah. Um, you know, at that time, like that guy's agile, right? Oh, and sure. Hard, and hard to tackle. If, if you're right. a if you're a six, a six, you know, six, six more than like six right. three, six four right. linebacker, and you're trying to hit this really fucking quick target, small guy, small five eight, dude. Yeah. No, and I think that's the thing you see, and you do see with a lot of the, a lot of running backs. Um, you know that it's almost like the if they're small because they come in all sorts of different varieties. You know, um, yeah. You have the up and down guy. You have the right. third down. Well, now you do. You have the third down back. You know, because yes. because you really can't expect Barry Sanders. You're 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 trading him out if you're going to do a pass for play and you need protection. Right. No, <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. It's you know, but you have a guy like Barry Sanders. I mean that that kind of running back is, um, he's he's agile, but the thing is because he's so small, he gets lost in the mix. Yeah, Edelman. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. It's like he, he, you don't you don't even you don't even realize he's got the ball before he's already five yards downfield. Yeah. You know because he's just been he's lost in this this mix of monster humans you know <laughs> running humans. you know running around you know running around between their legs it's i mean it's crazy and I, like you say edelman's a great example too i mean him and freaking uh what was his name before edelman with the patriots he ended up going to da- to denver uh oh, what was his name because we had him dallas had him because because bill uh Parcells is like, yeah, this guy's going to be it. And then Jerry Jones is like, no, we need to leave him or let him yeah. go. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Yep. I can't remember his name anyway, but he was the same way. Just that, that slot receiver who just was, could change direction on a dime. God, and, who's the guy? T- we let a guy go. Nails. We let a guy go. God dang it. Red hair. He went, yes. he went to Buffalo. Uh, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't and he scored a touchdown on us last year. Oh, really? When Buffalo, like, we were supposed to beat Buffalo and they kicked our ass. Mm-hmm. Um, dang it. And it's the sauce. He had always, uh, God, I, I'm going to, someone's going to tell us. Nace is going to tell us. Nace is going to tell us. Come on. Yeah, we, I think Thursday we need to have a sports update. I think that's a good idea. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um the the whole thing with Major League Baseball. Oh, dude, they're, they're, they're jumping ship. Are they? Oh, dude, yeah. They. Uh, see, so I don't. I don't know. This, as this is why we need the sports update. Yeah, like David Price, high, like really highly paid. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not playing. Really. Uh, Mike Zimmerman plays for the Nationals. I'm not playing. And now Mike Trout for the California Angels, like the the best player in major league baseball is like, you know, I want to play, but now I'm starting to like, eh. 
and he's got, you know, all these people are starting to get sick. Um, and he's, he's got a, he's, his wife is due in August with their first kid. Oh yeah. And he's like, Oh, you know, I think I saw him. I, I saw an interview with him and he was he's talking like, about that. Yep. He's like, every decision that I make, you know, is about what's best for my family. Yeah. And, and, you know, I have a kid due in August. So, and, sure. and, but he's very optimistic, you know, he's, he's, he's saying the right things by saying, you know, as long as we follow protocols and, you know, they're going to act on what they've established and I don't have a problem. But at the end of the day, I make the decision based on what's best for my family. Right. You can't fault the guy for that. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, I just I was surprised, to be quite honest with you, I was just surprised that they were even legitimately talking about it. I mean, the NHL has been talking about doing this whole thing and having like satellite cities one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. Um, well, the, I, I will tell you that the, the, the protocols for the NBA are, like, rigorous. Oh, sure, yeah. You even, even, yep. even for the people that are, like, reporting, like the ESPN uh, right. person they sent, she's been in the bubble. They call it the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. She's been in the bubble. She had to, she had to, she had to wait. She got tested when she got there. She has to be she has to be tested twice and has to come. She gets tested, waits there for two weeks, and then gets tested again. Wow. And then she's free to walk around the compound, but she's been quarantined until then. Right. That's, and that's crazy, man. And and depending on uh, if if the players are coming in uh, commercially, then yeah. they have to go through that same protocol. But if they're coming in on the team plane. Which would right. requ- which would require them to be there longer, away from their families, and uh, then then it's not as rigorous as that. Right. It's more of a controlled hey, environment. Man, you know, it's nuts. I mean, dude, like Jennifer's in the facility that she works in now. They're having to do mandatory testing every other Tuesday. Everybody. Yeah, and I told, the whole I place. Uh, I don't know if I told you that, but the Navy's doing that too. Are they really? Um, it's it's like the urinalysis, the pee test. So, oh, so depend- are, are people getting just at, at random? Yep. And it's mm. it's a uh, uh, there's a percentage. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but I mean, you know, they got down to. I mean, I think we were talking about this before. I mean, they had over sixty it's staff and patients combined. They had over sixty cases, and. Um, they got all the way down to it appeared that everybody was fine and, you know, everybody had gotten back to, you know, getting healthy and one nurse popped positive and she was asymptomatic. So, I mean, she didn't even know she had it. And then within a few days of her, you know, of her popping on her test, uh, two of the patients who were roommates came down with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, and there's no guests. I mean, you can't, nobody's coming in or out. So obviously, I mean, the only way that this is happening is because, you know, people who work there are contracting it and bringing it in, which obviously this woman very obviously had come into contact with one of these guys in his room. And that was how it happened, you know. Um, But I do know and I know we haven't talked in depth about COVID much, but it it is pretty amazing just, you know, talking to her and, you know, the the, the different experiences because these are old people. You know, I mean, this is a long-term care facility. I mean, there are 
there are people usually in when they're operating normally, um, there is a wing that's all like a physical rehabilitation. You know, folks who have had surgeries and stuff like that will stay there for a limited period of time. Uh, but the, the majority of the fo- folks who are there, I mean, this is their home. They're not they're never going to leave because uh, they can't take it. You know, they can't take care of themselves. Um, but, you know, the people who the people who got sick and then um, got better. Uh, the the range of experiences was just wild, you know, like, I mean, there were some of these, you know, some of these patients who were like, I never even had a fever. Like they did, they went for two weeks, you know, they're in isolation and they never even felt sick. It's literally like a Russian roulette. It is. It's crazy. Like you have, there's, there's no way to predict how it's going to affect you. Nope. You know, and I mean, and some of the some of the people, I mean, I remember her saying because she had to work in there one day, because um, they had to isolate all the people who had gotten sick. They had to isolate them all into a particular wing of the facility, and um, they had it all blocked off with drapes and all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, but she had to go in there and work one day, and I mean, it's obviously just her talking about, you know coughing coughing it's like everybody in there that's all you can hear you know is people just sounds like they're hacking up a hacking up a lung or something but again most of them you know the vast majority of them you know even if they were really sick they got better and you know and at least at that point you know that they've developed this immunity you know because they're they're antibodies or whatever to it so um, well and and people that are getting it now you know the the virus has evolved since mm-hmm. the beginning, and it's yep. you know, yeah. I think that they're just saying now it's it appears that it's like not as it's potentially not as lethal, but it's more contagious than it was before. Right, which yeah. it was already very very contagious, you know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. So it is Monday. It is Monday. And for all the folks who are out there who listen to the show on the regular, uh, you know that it's that Monday is all about new music. Um, and if you didn't know that, you do now because I just told you. <laughs> so anyway, new music Monday. Uh, for me, my new music Monday isn't new. Oh, it isn't new. But we lost a legend today, man. Yeah, Charlie Daniels. We lost Charlie Daniels today, 83 years old. Um, well, and, and, you know, we also lost uh, Ennio Morsiani or Mor- Morgiani. Who all was this, The guy who composed all the music for the Spaghetti Westerns. Oh, really? That was, he, he passed away today? Yep, 91. Oh, my God. Dude, who was it that just uh, passed away the other day? It was... Um, Oh, comedic actor. Oh, um, we we watched. He's he's on Ocean's Eleven. Yes. Uh, he was like, dude, he was like a hundred, ninety nine or something. Really good friends with um, Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, yep. Norman Norman Lear. Oh God, crazy, yeah. just crazy, yeah. man. But yeah, just it's it's amazing, you know, seeing that, you know, seeing. Uh, that news today and it's obviously been all over social media about, you know, Charlie Daniels passing away. And I will say, I mean, even if you're not a huge fan, (coughs) 
even if you're not a huge fan, you have to you have to respect the way that Charlie Daniels, as an artist, was able to bring bluegrass into the limelight. Um, yeah. You know, in a in a, in an era of, I mean, when you think about the fact that Charlie Daniels, you know, first became uh, a, a famous artist in the late seventies. Um, you know, in an era that was packed with, you know, all sorts of new music and, you know, rock and roll and disco and all of that stuff going on. And the fact that he was able to bring the sound of that fiddle, you know, to bring the sound of that fiddle to popular radio um, and develop, uh, you know, the, the kind of following that he it obviously, you know, it really spoke to a lot of people. I think it spoke to a lot of people the same way that... Uh, Skinnerd, you know, has always spoken to a, you know a lot of people. Um, you know that that southern thing going on. You know, um, you know times have changed. I, I was just over the weekend. I was talking about how back in 1989 I went and saw Leonard Skinner live in concert, and you know they do their show and they've got the stage and they got this big black backdrop. And I don't even remember when it was, but it gets to some big point in the show and that black drop falls. And the only thing behind it is this ginormous Confederate flag. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was that's a hallmark of that band. Um, and obviously we turn, you know, you look around today and see, you know, what that has been turned into. Uh, but, you know, Charlie Daniels was definitely a part of that, that whole sort of Southern rock movement. Um, and the funny thing is that he wasn't even, uh, you know, he wasn't even that much into rock and roll. He was a bluegrass artist. I mean, you see that the whole, you know, devil went down to Georgia. Well, know, and, and that's that whole rhinestone cowboy. Oh, yeah, man. You know, the rhinestone then, cowboy. Bing, yep. bing. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's that era where it came, like, you know, the country looked like that was kind yes. of like a popular... Oh yeah, maybe year, maybe maybe year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I know what you mean. It was, it was in it the eighties, right? Oh yeah, early eighties. You'd have you know guys walking around with cowboy boots on, and that's and everybody the, was. Well, it's urban. The, the, uh, well, there's urban rhinestone cowboy. cowboy and then urban cowboy. Urban cowboy, yeah. With, that was John uh, Travolta. Travolta. Yep. Rhinestone cowboy was uh, uh, Robert Redford. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I mean. Uh, it, it's crazy, but it's pretty cool. It's sad to see that he, you know, that he, you know, passed away, but the music's still here. You know, we can still turn on the devil went down to Georgia and listen to the battle between rock and roll and bluegrass. You know? There you go. The, yeah. The, I mean, that's what it is. The devil shows up and what does the devil's band play? Yep. They play rock and roll. It's the devil's music. It's crazy. Though what's funny is that when Blue Traveler does it, they start playing uh, the the intro lick to um, Sweet Child of Mine. Do, 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 Are do, you serious? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, dude. That is awesome. They are a great band live. Oh, yeah. They are a great band live. I saw them years ago. It was probably 93. The Horde Tour. Oh, this was way before that. This uh, yeah, That was right before. then. That yeah. was right then during the horror stuff. I, I went and saw them live at this place 
um, in Boston. It was well, like r- right up the street from my apartment. You know, he he and the the lead singer of the Spin Doctors were roommates. Really, and they were actually in a band together before they started the Spin Doctors and Blues Traveler. Wow, that's crazy! And they went on tour together, and they would take turns. But they would the last song that they would play would morph into the next, and so then they would just start changing places right. on stage, and then it yep. would morph, and they they would do a song together and then switch. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Let's see, man. So what do you got? What do you got for New Music Monday? All right. So, I, you know, I wished this would have, like, morphed it. Like, I, I was debating, like, well, I'm going to watch another YouTube video before now, before Thursday. But this was part of a, I, I don't know why this thing popped up on. Ah, uh, you know, I know why. Because I watch Vice. Yeah. Um, and it's about, it's a group called Syllable. And it's it's S I L L I B I L like syllable and brains. Mm. And this guy, these guys were from uh, Ireland. Okay. And they were into rap, and this is like two thousand two, two thousand three time frame. And it's when Eminem was like really going, and so you know they would mess around and rap and stuff like that, and they went to this competition. Like, who's going to be the next rap star? You know, is it going to come from? And, you know, they're like, yeah, you guys sound like um, the pretenders singing uh, or rapping. Okay. Like, you know, not the, maybe not the, who who are the guys that's like 500 miles? Is that the pretenders? I don't think that's the pretenders, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, so, so then. They, they're like all like, you guys are never going to make it into rap and whatever. So then they come up with like, you know what? We're going to record this song and we're going to act like we're from like California. And we're going to rap and be American rappers. So then they record this song and they send it into another competition. And the next thing you know, this song is a hit. Right. Yeah. So then, so then they got to come up with, like, well, shit, everyone thinks we're from America. So then they come up with this, like, we're two skater dudes from L.A. You know, we <laughs> okay. just live here. And, oh, by the way, yeah, we're also best friends with Eminem. Dude, people believe them. Oh, my God. And because that one song was a hit, and then they wrote some other ones and some other ones and some other ones. Then they got started noticing by the record label. Right. And they're like, dude, we like, holy shit, this is getting out of control, but this is what we got to act like, right? And they meet with the CEO, and they didn't ever say what the record label was, but it was right. Sony. And okay. they're like, they're like, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll sign with you, but you know what? We need $70,000 a week each. What? Oh my God. <laughs> each. That and the awesome. guy was like, okay. What? Yeah. The guy was like, okay. Because oh they, they believed in them so much. And because right. of the fact that they said that they were best friends with Eminem. And then, you know, the, so lawyers are getting involved and it's getting harder and harder to conceal the fact that they're not, you know, from 
America. Right. Um, and then they get a phone call and they're like, hey, you're, you're going to open for Eminem. Like, yeah. And so they, <laughs> they show up and, and like they meet like Eminem's band and they just like, dude, we just got to act like we know these guys. But hey, what's up, man? And these yeah, guys right. weren't. These guys weren't going to question the fact that, well, maybe we know these guys. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, how's sure. it going, man? That's and so, funny. Dude, th- th- they made it. And and really, if you really think about it, that was the image. But they actually really made it on their own merit. Sure. Like on the music that they wrote. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. And so so then, you know – what happened at they ended up like the two guys ended up splitting up because they had like the one the guy that syllable just started like he became a monster like yeah like he started really believing this is who i am you know he started believing the lie and then one guy's like right you know they split up he does a show by himself and in the middle of the show he just stops he's like listen this isn't you know he starts talking in his real accent and just tells the crowd at this one gig that this like isn't a, who this isn't who I really am. That's right. Oh my god. And he was like, some people were like, these guys are freaking geniuses, and some people were like, you know, you're a fucking asshole. Right. Sure. Yeah. So but, I can totally imagine, but that's insane. I mean, to work the machine that way. Oh, it it, it and they did, and dude, they got like, you know, and and the lawyer. For Sony was like, I know who you are. I know everything about it. Don't lie anymore. Like, and he's like, they're going to come after their million dollars. Like, they had already spent a million bucks, dude. Right. It's like, you can't lie anymore. You have to tell the truth. And they didn't want to do it. Um, but uh... it's like, because if you keep lying and then this is going to go all the way, they're going to get that money back. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. But, but there's there's a song of theirs that's like their biggest hits, like, um, like let's get drunk, uh huh, and and it's it's basically like didn't go to work today, let's get drunk, or <laughs> you can, you know, okay, saw my car was broke into, let's get drunk, like <laughs> it's just, but I I listened to it, you know, and it. it yeah, and they came out with several albums, but it was just amazing, that whole story. Right, no, that is insane. That is insane. Dude, that was that was like Primus years ago when they came out with the album Pork Soda. And I don't know how much truth there is to this, but this was right at the time when like ADATs were becoming a thing, you yeah. know? And um, they had just, the album before that had been Sailing the Seas of Cheese, which had been incredibly successful album had Tommy the cat and all that stuff on it. Jerry was a race car driver. Jerry was the race uh, car driver. Oh yeah. And, and so they had the contract with the record company. And the story is, is that, you know, the, the record company gives them this money to record the album, rent a studio, do, you know, do what you got to do. Well, what they basically ended up doing was just like buying like three ADATs and linking them together to make like 24 tracks and like just built a home studio and took all the rest of the money and went and bought fishing boats. <laughs> Cause they like to fish, you know, they like, well, they got all this money and it's like the money's all recoupable anyway. 
I mean, that's for folks who don't know how this works. You know, when, when people are talking about a record company giving artists money, they aren't giving anybody anything. They're advancing you money that they are going to recoup when you start actually making money with a record, which nine out of 10 records don't make a cent. But, um, and we're talking about records. We were having this conversation the other day. It was like weird. I don't even know. Like people think, like younger folks, I don't think they even think about that anymore. Um, it's like everybody just buys a single or something. It's weird. But yeah, no, that's funny, man. You got you to gotta share, share the video, though. Of it's that, amazing. Uh, it's amazing, dude. No, that is cool. That is cool. So yeah, uh, for Thursday, uh, we'll send out uh, we'll send out the the text message of Destiny Thursday. Yep, we'll get a sports update with yep, our it. man, our man in the ground, Nacho <laughs> Libre. Nacho Libre. Oh, no, I I called him Nacho Keyhole. Nace. Nacho Nacho Keyhole. Nacho Keyhole. Yeah, right. There you go. I'm just gonna call him Nacho. There you go. Yeah, man. So. And for everybody else who's out there, listen to the show. Thanks, you know, thanks a ton. Tell your family, tell your friends. Hey, and by the way, this is show 30. Hey, all right. Number 30, yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. And uh, so, yeah, and everybody make sure you turn in, tune in. Uh, we'll be doing Thursday show. What's the last thing you saw on YouTube? We're going to have to look up some interesting things, so... We'll have something good to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. All right. Take care. All right.